And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. And tonight I have Jordan Steyer in the studio. What's up, Jordan? What's going on, man? We got some RIP to XX Tentacion. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. Tentacion. I've heard that. It just it sounds incorrect. But yeah, RIP. <laughs> RIP. Yeah. So tonight uh, we're going to be talking. You know, Jordan's more of a tech guy. You know, he's been racing mountain bikes for a while. Right, Jordan? I mean, it's. <laughs> Riding mountain bikes for a while. No, no, you, you've been racing, man. Come on. So I'm I'm a tech guy to an extent. I, I like to I like to talk about tech stuff. I'm not I'm not going to be as well versed as you know some people that I know. Yeah. So I'm not going to act like I know a bunch, but I like talking about numbers and stuff. G- give and us a, give us a little breakdown on, on what you're all about, man. Who you are? Well, I am a 25 year old male. <laughs> Identify as a male. Okay, um, good, good. I was yeah. going to ask you that. Um, you didn't ask me how I identified, so I had to make that out there. But uh, now I've been riding bikes since uh, high school. I was, uh, was I probably 15, 16 when I got into it and started racing cross country, doing enduro. Now I'm back to cross country a bit. So I don't know, just having fun with it, going to school at the same time. So I uh, just kind of, I don't know, it's just fun. It keeps me in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like the tech, I like to keep up with it and something something to do, you know? Yeah. So you're uh, you're are you are you racing for uh, Southridge or what's your what's your association with those guys? The race uh, for Southridge, yeah. So the guys that hold the races out in Fontana, um, Southridge USA, um, there's the I guess would be the split off. They're two different, um, not organizations, but we call it. So Southridge Racing is separate from Southridge USA that holds the the races, but mm-hmm. technically under the same umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Jackson's been doing it for like over 25 years, man. 26, 27 this year, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, he's killing it. He's got to change it up a little bit, and it's just you know, it's getting more repetitious. You know, you know, get you, you get you get to that age, you're like, yeah. Wait for next year. Okay. He's I don't, I don't know, man. Hopefully, it's not too late. I know the numbers have dropped. Participation numbers have dropped a little bit. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> this is a this is a good conversation. I guess we can get into. I um, 
I've been trying to talk to him about certain things, but with cross country, we, I mean, with over the hump, we did obviously uh, this this past Tuesday we had over the mm-hmm. hump at Irvine Lake. Um, the consensus of X, it seems like XC riders are not really. It's either you're all in with technical courses mm-hmm. or you're not. Fontana is pretty techy. Yeah, and some people hate on it. Obviously, the location is not great. It's Fontana. I mean, especially people coming from Orange County, it's like we're we're, we're used to. I mean, I live in Irvine now, but it's we're we're used to. You know, a nice area. Fontana can be kind of sketchy, whatever. I work out in that way, so I'm, I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the courses, I mean, they're, they're I can't say World Cup class, but, I mean, they're they're awesome courses. So, yeah, as far as cross-country goes. But uh, people get scared when it comes to rocks, man. A little yeah. bit of techie stuff. But um, no, I, I, I want them to work on, I guess, like the, uh, the viewer uh, aspect of the racing. I mean... That, that's well. I mean, you look you look at a, a World Cup racing, right? You know, and and it's it's a, you want you want to create a spectator sport. You know, the the more you can see the racers, the the more people are going to be out there willing to you know suffer in the sun or whatever, and uh, want to watch their their friends or or their you know whoever you know brother sister husband wife whatever you know. But you know when when you when you just, they're taking off like an endurance race like. Uh, eight hours at at the uh, Temecula or something, you know, it's it's a different crowd, right? Yeah, yeah, they're doing laps too. So I mean, you're seeing them. I mean, it's it's tough because those people that are the spectators are what you're, what the advertisements are there for, the sponsors are there for. You exactly. Granted, I mean, a lot of them the spectators. I mean, some obviously ride bikes, but you have the you know the moms and the kids, whatever, and the kids that are probably getting into bikes. You, not all of them are are your uh, your demogra- uh, demographic, but having more people obviously is better mm-hmm. so i i don't know i i think uh short track needs to I mean short track is growing when it comes to the world cup circuit so maybe uh, incorporating short track maybe on like a say saturday or maybe sunday say say have like the actual cross-country race on saturday and then have like a fun short track on sunday mm-hmm. um that way i mean it's i'm a little weird about this so like it's like seeing the world cup they have short track on like the day before the world cup race right that's kind of weird i don't know how you feel about that like it's cool because it's like this opening it's like you see all these like it's a crazy intense pace and then <sighs> granted they should be good enough to be able to do two days in a row like that but i feel like i mean you're, you're wasting a lot of juice man yeah it's it's basically it's a dirt crit yeah you're just you're going pretty hard balls to the wall yeah you can say that on the radio by the way balls to the <laughs> I, I listen to am640 and uh um What's his name? Bill Handel. He uses it all the time. All the time. Balls to the wall. They seem to be getting edgier every year. <laughs> yeah. It's funny but that. but I, you know, it, it blows my mind that Donnie hasn't uh, incorporated that kids racing. You know what I mean? Because you can do it right there. Like you know, you can build a little course for the kids and, and get. And He's got it. So like that pump track that, that yeah. pump track. I mean, it's it, that was the little kids course. But yeah, it's just it's getting people out there. I, I think out in Fontana doesn't have the demographic for it as much, or at least it's not. Maybe it's not as uh, available. I don't want to say that. It's, it's tough. I mean, Orange County has a, a growing population of mountain bikers, and they have a lot of kids that are coming up. You go to Over the Hump, you got mm-hmm. at least 50 kids, it seems like. But getting them out to Fontana, it's just... Yeah, it's tough. You know. Yeah, I mean, you have we have what um, non-dot racing as well, which is at the parks, which is more of a... I would I would call it like a maybe like a true cross country race because oh, yeah. you know it's uh, you have to have skills because you know oaks, you know you got to come no down got to come down shoots and you know that top section man it, it scares me you know what I mean like you can eat shit dude and you're like oh right bring her collarbone that's where uh, Peter Schumacher like blew out his elbow you know that tabletop towards the bottom yeah it was, it was three jumps gust of wind just knocked him off his bike man and he had to, he had to get uh, medevaced out of there 
And oh. uh, I guess if you're on a on a sanctioned trail in Orange County, and you hurt yourself and you got to get medevaced out, um, you don't you don't pay for it. You don't have to pay for that. Yeah. That's only if you're on an unsanctioned trail. Oh, so you don't have to pay for it. You don't. It's uh, it's I guess. Technically, you can cover that with your insurance because you're on a sanctioned area. I don't. Is that that, that that's well. Pete told me. Pete told me he didn't get charged, and he was in a chopper. We got like airlifted out of there. And he's a firefighter too, so maybe he's got some help that way. I, I know that when it comes to illegal trails, they're kind of iffy about that because obviously illegal trail. What illegal mm-hmm. trails? I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Unsanctioned. Talking about um, <laughs> unsanctioned. But I know there's 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 weird things that happen when there's uh, incidents on, on on trails like that. So I, I it's like ten thousand bucks, twelve thousand mm-hmm. bucks, something like that. I, I heard of some guys that were the ranger has like their name and and they've been banned from like certain like. Laguna, for example, that's that's a, there's a lot of guys that ride on sanctioned trails in Laguna, and when the ranger's out there, he's cracking the whip, and you know he'll he'll get you, and be like, hey, you're not allowed to come back for like three months or something like that. I've heard of guys. I saw a video on YouTube. This guy uh, posted a video of him getting busted at Laguna, which I don't know how smart that is, but mm-hmm. yeah, he I forgot what trail it was, but he was getting busted by the rangers. Yep, they're out there. I mean, it's they they go in waves. I. I the trails are there. I don't know how it's going to work uh, in the long run. I mean, so I, I was just listening. I, who was I talking to? Um, someone was talking about how Laguna, the, the El Moro side, you know Willow, the climb Willow? <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you're at the bottom of Laguna Canyon. Who, who, do, who doesn't know Willow? The really steep one. <laughs> I hate that. So I guess that used to be a, uh, like, a, it was the guy over the hump. He said that, like, way back in the day. Andy? Was it Andy Lytle? No? No. Okay. It's this random guy I was I was lined up next to at the race on Tuesday, and he... Uh, we were talking about it because that limestone canyon loop they did, whatever it's mm-hmm. can only you can only use it once a month, I guess. The limestone canyon. Um, he was saying that Willow used to be like that, or at least the Laguna side used to be like where they would open it up for like a weekend for the month. Oh, okay. Um, which is, I mean, slowly but surely we've we've gotten access to that kind of stuff. But I don't know what truly is the the reason behind the illegal trails. I mean, I know it's so you don't just keep making trails and just littering the whole mountain. But I, I, I that maybe the danger of it, obviously. That, that yeah, maybe because it's, it's not mapped out. You know, in case somebody gets hurt, um, maybe they they don't know the terrain or or the access points. That could be a factor. And also, um, they, they want they want it to be built in a, a proper way where it's going to be sustainable. Yeah. You know, so if everybody just you get a, a hack out there, you <coughs> yeah, know, building those. From what I've heard, those trails are. Uh, it's hard. I mean, I don't know how you make a, a trail like, like that stuff out there sustainable. I mean, I guess obviously you have to work on water shedding water shedding but when it comes to some stuff people like the natural stuff right but um it almost needs to be and even uh, i think with oaks and any of the stuff that has legal trails we need some sort of rating system that goes across the border as far as like difficulty goes like like uh like green trail just your typical yeah yeah. your 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 bike park type things Mm because i feel like People get in trouble real quick, you know, on the wrong trail. I mean, mm-hmm. and Oaks is no joke to a beginner. I don't know if you remember your first time at Oaks. It's, I do remember my first time at Oaks. It seems a lot bigger the first time you go. Now, yeah. now it's like okay, whatever you're doing loops, but I think from a safety standpoint, it might not be a bad idea doing that. Yeah, that's true. So you're on, you're on a, an Alchemy bike right now. Uh, talk yeah. about it, man. Yeah, so I'm on an Alchemy Arctos 27.5. Um, the new 29s out. It's a pretty cool looking bike, but I'm on the 27.5. Uh, based on a suspension design called Sign, which was designed by a guy that helped uh, Yeti and like an old DPP stuff. But it's a cool bike. It's just your typical uh, carbon bike. It's 
hand built in uh, Colorado. And well, it's it, not typical because yeah, I guess not t- <laughs> not not typical. No, most, no. Of those, most of those most of made in Taiwan. So they offer um, they offer two different models. They offer a Taiwanese well, so it is a, a, they they offer a Taiwanese uh, entirely in Taiwan Taiwanese frame, and then they have a USA made front triangle uh, mm. frame. So like technically, the frame that I have is is a, a USA made front triangle Taiwanese rear triangle. Mm. Since all the rear triangles are the same, they do them all overseas. But is there uh, a price difference? Yeah, I, th- I want to say like four or five hundred bucks more. Okay. Yeah, to get that uh, that U.S. made, so they're doing that obviously just because America. But uh, well, I mean, but you know, you're you're saving on you know you you save on a lot of things because then you have tighter quality control, right? I I, I would assume. I'm not saying that China doesn't have tight quality control, but you're you're talking about mass mass builds, you know. And I guess I'm you know I'm, I'm assuming in Colorado there it's a, it's a smaller factory, right? So it's tighter quality control, so that means less waste of frames. You know, if you waste a frame, you know, you, you know, and, and, you know, you have to dispose of it properly, right? So there's a lot of uh, uh, quality control, you know, steps to ensure that, you know, it's, it's going to be built right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the, all the, you know, leftover stuff, the waste is, is taken care of in a, in a, in a safe manner. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe you're paying for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So carbon's an interesting topic. Have you talked about carbon fiber or recycling, whatever, on this podcast? No. No. Um, that's been a huge topic for the past year or so with uh, with people. What was it? The those pole bikes. You know, you know, pole. Mm-hmm. They make those super long bikes. Um, yeah. They uh, they came out with an article on Pink Bike saying they had the the 3D image on on their CAD system, whatever it was. Um, they they had it all set up, ready to go. Their pole trail bike. I forgot what they call it. Then like the Megatron something. But um, they had it all set up. They had a carbon fiber CAD rendering of the bike that of their previous aluminum bike, and then it was a long article about how they found carbon fiber to be unethical, and it just started this whole thing. Where now, yeah. and it's it's tapered off a bit because Pink Bike did a response article, probably nine, ten months later, whatever it was, basically interviewing all these different companies. It was probably a dozen different companies, uh, and asking them what they do with their waste how much waste they have mm-hmm. and how much of an issue this truly is compared to other industries and at the end of the day it, it was pretty minuscule i think it was um i forgot the the wheel manufacturer up in canada it was like not on one i'm trying to think there, there's a there's a, a handmade canadian uh carbon fiber uh rim manufacturer hmm. and they make i mean it's a decent price too it's cheaper than anything like envy and anything like that but um they said they have after whatever it was a month they have like maybe a trash bag full of carbon fiber that's wasted and it's less than a couple pounds so but but you see that you see this stuff in like in china like like the the roofs full of like frames and so that that's propaganda is it yes so i it, i mean it's probably not great you, you see the big yeah the, 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 the one famous picture was the dumpster full of like road bike frames or whatever yeah. uh-huh technically you can They'll they'll take that and they'll they'll basically like they'll make like a mulch of that and that's what they'll use for carbon fiber forging in quotations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you can recycle it, right? Can't you? Or you you can or you can't. It's tough. I think that they ha- it's not profitable to recycle, as far as I know. It's not. It's the same thing with like like trying to take seawater and try to make it drinkable. It's it's it takes more money to to do it than it is what comes out of mm-hmm. it. But um, on a scale, most companies. So like to go to your quality. Uh, thing with with alchemy i don't know their factory in in taiwan specifically but if you look at like pivot 
um, especially Pivot. I know, I've seen their videos over in Taiwan. They have a specific Pivot factory mm. where you have some of these brands that'll, that'll be in a factory that makes 20 other different brands. Yeah, like bikes. Giant, maybe. Well, well, Giant, for example, makes all the carbon, makes most of the carbon for these companies. They actually have like the 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 factory that makes the carbon. You, right. You, they have like the whatever, like those twine type machines that make the carbon fiber for other mm-hmm. other companies. So they make good stuff. But um, Pivot specifically made a factory for their bikes, and they they know their employees, the, the their guys, the American dudes. Like they have one guy that goes back there like once a month, whatever it is, to check on everybody, make sure it's cool and kosher. So. It depends on the brand. I mean, you can you can do your research on, on all this stuff if you want to when you're when you're purchasing a bike. But mm-hmm. Pivot, I, I think, is a, is a pretty solid brand when it comes to that. So Alchemy might be doing the same. I, I'm assuming by uh, what the guys do as far as their work. But I would say aside from quality of the Alchemy bike, when getting a Taiwanese frame, um, build uh, getting the the American made frame, they offer more custom options, so mm-hmm. um, paint options. So they do anything you want basically. They they show you like the list of different options you could do and then it, at the bottom it says basically whatever you want we'll we'll get you a quote kind of thing yeah so the time so, the Taiwanese frames come in like two different colors and then you can get whatever you want in u.s made so frames. annika annika birton mm-hmm. and cody kelly are, are both on, on alchemy bikes correct mm-hmm. yeah and there she's on a 29er right she from what i'm seeing she's preferring the 29er and then cody's on the 27.5 so okay hmm, interesting yeah. and she's got her uh, custom painted frame that's a pretty cool one too yeah i guess it was some i forgot this girl is like a 16 year old girl that she knows that that designed it and it's it's based on her like the netherlands is where she's oh, from yes right yeah it's yeah. pretty cool there's a little article on that when they first came out at sea otter nice so, uh, well, we'll, we'll take a quick uh, music break and we'll be right back all right Talking got me angry, yeah. 
A lot of people trying to play me. Me and the fan base looking like the 18. How you telling people that we family? Hold up. Yeah, when you ain't even mad me. That's the type of thing that may have said me. Yeah, that's the type of thing that may have said me. I'm on a hundred. Yeah, I said I'm on a hundred right now. Hey. We on a hundred. Yeah, I said we on a hundred right now. Hey. Welcome back. Hey, Jordan, are you in 100, man? Are you in 100? What, 100? <laughs> that was uh, NF. Anyways, so, <laughs> <laughs> so back, back to Alchemy. So they, they do, um, I mean, not, they don't just do mountain bikes. They also do um, road bikes, right? Yeah, I haven't really looked too much on the road bikes, but, yeah, they make uh, custom steel frames, I think, steel and titanium and carbon fiber road bikes and looking bikes and yeah. they're, they're right down the street from mv uh composite so they uh they do a lot of um collabs with mv components with as far as forks and wheels and stuff okay yeah. i mean so envy is owned by um easton or who or no wait i'm sorry envy no i yeah, don't know they're, they're owned by somebody else uh mavic maybe Are they? mavic or something like that yeah they, they got bought out by somebody that's news to me i have no idea yeah yeah they're, they're no longer uh like a you know Single, single company. Yeah, exactly. They're, sole they're, proprietorship. Yeah, they're they're owned by somebody else now. They they sold out, which is I mean, it g- gives them more buying power and, and <clears> you know, kind of expands their their you know, yeah, menu or whatever. Some people look down on that. It's the same thing like when Santa Cruz uh, sold to uh, I forgot that big brand. People are probably yelling at me if they're listening to it. But they sold to a, a, a big conglomerate like that, too. And people are like, oh, great. Now they're going corporate. Mm-hmm. But uh, and same with Intense. Intense did that for a while. Then he, then now he's back to being the um, – Jeff uh, Sieber is back to being the uh, the head of the company. But well, some, sometimes you need the business help. I mean, these guys that design the bikes from the ground up, same with Envy. It's like they could be smart guys, but on the global scale, it might get a little overwhelming, you know. So you, you need to get the big guys to come in and help you out. Let me ask you, since we're talking about Intense, what are your thoughts on them kind of doing what they did with some of the bike shops where now you can just go direct? Rider direct. Yeah. Yeah, the Rider, uh, rider Direct program. You think that they kind of screwed over some, some shops or it's going to screw them over in the long run? I mean, what are your thoughts, dude? To me, it seems like a like a halfway house to be in a full actual Rider Direct kind of thing. I mean, shops are... they're The way they're doing it, I think, is correct. I, I feel like... The way that they're going about it is that you don't need to stock so many bikes. So, like, talking about the path, obviously, you, you have ties with the path, or you've had ties with the path, however you want to look at it. To stock these $10,000 bikes, and the path is notorious for it. I mean, I, I worked there for two years, two and a half years, whatever it was, and uh, we were known as, we are known as the bike company or bike uh, bike shop that held all these bikes that you would be like, Wow, like just drop dead, gorgeous, envy mm-hmm. wheeled, XTR, Eagle, whatever you want. We would have those on the on the shop floor where a lot of shops wouldn't have that. And I feel like with the Rider Direct, it makes that no longer a, a thing. I mean, you don't have to carry those bikes. You don't have to have a large inventory. So it depends on your philosophy. If you're a brand that didn't carry those before and now you have Rider Direct, so it makes it easier. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of rambling now about it. <laughs> I don't know. It, well, it's 
It's yeah. tough. I mean, the, the margins are now less, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm not in the industry now, so I, I don't really know. I, I think they're making less on them, but I think it also you can maybe sell more because they're cheaper, so maybe it balances out. I'm, I'm not sure in the long run how it's going to work yeah, out. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to get uh, um, <clears throat> Tawny in the, in the studio and try to extract some information <laughs> off from the guy. So I've been having a hard time with this. I had a conversation about this uh, with Donnie, actually, at Southridge uh, last week about uh, my comments all that I'm not going to shamelessly plug that I'm selling it, but I'm trying to sell my comments all from 2016, and I... The thing retailed for, I think it was three thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Commons all meta V four purple edition, whatever. And the equivalent, it's a nice bike. It's a nice bike. I mean, it's 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 it for the price. It's great. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, is now that you have, if you were to buy that bike, if it wasn't uh, a direct sale company, you buy that in a bike shop for maybe thirty eight hundred bucks, maybe four thousand bucks. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a nice bike. When it comes to the used market. You have to sell it on the price that you bought it for. You have to sell it on uh, on the price that you bought it from Rider Direct, not on bike shop price. Mm-hmm. So, like the values, uh, like having this mix of bike shop and Rider Direct. I mean, Rider Direct's an intense term, but like this, this direct to consumer thing, it's it's tough. Like the value of components start getting kind of wishy washy. Where you look at maybe like a car industry or motorcycles, th- like parts aren't so interchangeable. But when you have a bike that has equivalent parts but just a, a nicer frame, and this one has all XX1. You look at YT right now. You get the top of the line YT factory Fox suspension. It's fifty five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You get the same kind of thing from from Santa Cruz like 70 something without I mean even I think, I think the YT even has carbon wheels so say you have the reserve wheels on, on a Santa Cruz any like any any build seven, seven grand at least with, yeah. uh, with with whatever the I think it's got the uh, the YT's got the Nex SL cranks whatever like the nicest whatever it's that's a nine thousand dollar bike eight thousand dollar bike but you're getting it for fifty five hundred mm-hmm. does that devalue those parts that are on the bike or just the frame because the frame's not worth four thousand bucks <sighs> that's a that's a good question dude that's a tough one dude yeah so I I I've well been... I mean I think uh, sorry to interrupt you but I think uh, you're 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 comparing apples to oranges because they don't uh, they're direct, right? So there's maybe less overhead for them in a way where they don't have to, you know. Well, their shipping is only going to one location, so I guess it's one thing. But, I mean, well, and they're building all in the same spot where Santa Cruz, when they send a bike, it's basically in pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, at least when the last time I saw it, I think now they're building most of it. But, yeah, okay, overhead. Yeah. So maybe is, that, it, is that much more, though? I mean, if it is, and that kind of blows you away of how much, how much these, you know, these bike companies are, are you know, marking up their their product. Well, they have to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you have to. I think um, the direct to consumer. I mean, that's that's kind of the the nature of, of of business right now when it comes to online sales. It's it's tough because you look at like a Jensen USA. Mm-hmm. They sell stuff for stuff that it, it's it, to me. I don't know how they even do it. You compare it to cost, like the Shimano stuff, especially is ridiculously cheap. Well, how? How is that possible? So, did you know Price Point? Did you ever hear of Price Point? Yeah, they went out of business. I, I just learned this last week. I, I, I just totally forgot about the name, but that was always someone like someone always bring that up. Like, hey, would you price match with Price Point when I was working at the Path? And um, apparently, they went out of business, and Jensen's, you know. And I'm sure other people came in. They picked up their their inventory, mm-hmm. and after that, you can kind of you got all this stuff. You got it for cheap. I mean, when they're when they're when they're gone, they're just trying to get rid of their inventory. Right. But I think regarding like Shimano, 
they don't have they don't like they're not like SRAM, where you can kind of buy it for <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know how to say it but uh without being kind of a jerk about it but I, I have no idea when it came to the whole deal of them, what they're doing as far as how cheap it is. The parts are already cheaper than SRAM for the most part, but I have, I mean, I don't know the logistics. Do you do you know all the logistics of far, as far as, like, why Jensen's was selling it for so cheap compared to SRAM components? I think it's because they're, they're buying... Last the re- year's. Yeah, they're buying last year's stuff, yeah, and it's just, like, a lot of the bike shops can't compete with that. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's like they're almost, like, flooding the market, you know, and, and it just brings the price down. It's good for for people like you and me, but for bike shops, it it, does, it, it hurts their business. So, <laughs> a brutal but honest quote from uh, is it Jeff Bezos of, of Amazon early on was uh, that, com- guy, that that guy's on track to being a uh, was it a trillion dollar company he's or something? Tri- yeah, one hundred and fifty one billion dollar net yeah. worth is what I saw. Yeah, he's he's on track to to to, to surpass uh, Apple stock. I think a, a share is like a, over a thousand dollars a share. Yeah, and he was worth what, it was eighty two billion the last time I saw, and that was like at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. end of the year last year. But um, no, the quote from him was, <laughs> "Complaining is not a business tactic." So if you sit <laughs> yeah. if you sit around and complain about why the online business is is selling shit for whatever half price, it's brutal. And I honestly think when it comes to companies doing that, and I, I know a few. They want to name them, but they, they sell them to these companies, and then the, like a Jensen's will sell it for basically at cost or below cost. Mm-hmm. It's it sucks, but at the same time, you gotta just sell something else, I guess. It's just that, that's it's the it's the evil of the free market, I guess. Mm-hmm. But what, uh, what are your thoughts on like local bike shops competing against companies like that, though? Um, I think what local bike shops need to do is basically what Worldwide Cyclery. If you ever heard of Worldwide Cyclery, those, those guys have. A, a big presence online, social media, and and, the, and they do like a lot of cool custom builds though, from what I've seen. Yes. Yeah, so, granted, it's a bad example because they're now an online retailer. They're basically doing the same kind of thing Jensen is, is is doing. But um, from a bike shop perspective, from what I've heard, they are now because they're online. They're making their money online, and the stuff they're selling it's crazy. Like they talked about some uh, WTB plus size tire that's some obscure tire. They were selling like eleven or twelve tires a day, and it was just some weird size. I'm like, wow! And like, it was the question was like, what what weird product do you sell a bunch of? And it was this one tire. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're they're taking they're sending a lot out. So they're making money off of that. And then when it comes to the bike shop, obviously started as a bike shop, they specialize just in high performance bikes. So like, if you look at like a say you go to a, a, a engine building shop like a Redline in Anaheim, they have uh, they make high performance race motors for mm-hmm. boats. Race off, cars, off, yeah, off-road vehicles. Yeah, they are not going to take your Honda Civic like mine. That's <laughs> slowly but surely dying. <laughs> Hopefully, no, getting no, a new car no, the next month. No clunkers. Uh, slowly crying inside right now. <laughs> but um, what they did with their bike shop is basically make a race shop. They 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 have a bike shop down the street that they know. And, and if someone comes in with a beach cruiser, they basically say, "Thank you so much for coming in. Um, we appreciate that you came to us first, but we specifically work on." high-end bikes like mm-hmm. we work on mountain bikes so by doing that they've become a specialized shop it's not bikes specialized to mountain biking or high performance bikes i think they also do road bikes i would assume and they are able to to charge more because they're known as a specialized type of shop or they'll, mm-hmm. they'll do suspension which is a tough uh, situation right now is, is people don't like to spend a bunch of money on bikes 
when it comes to bleeding brakes and doing suspension. You, you got to find but, them, uh, them whales, man, out there. They're out there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. um, like what they're doing, their philosophy, I, I'm, I'm rambling on this, but I, I like their philosophy as far as making their shop a mountain bike specific like this is this is your shop not just a we do beach cruisers and also ten thousand dollar bikes they're actually putting themselves in a niche that makes them look worth what they're doing and it's a gamble dude because a, oh, yeah. a lot of bike shops won't do that well because they have the online presence they gave them that luxury of going of looking at the bike shop like hey we can do this now mm-hmm. and then they can you know kind of acquiesce into to their demands so you think you think local bike shops are going to start going towards that direction of doing online sales well not everybody can do it. Um, I think, I mean, bike shops have been closing down at a pretty rapid rate for the past decade or so. I forgot the numbers now, but like a huge percentage of bike shops across the country have been sh- uh, shutting down. But Yeah, bike sales have been, I mean, they're not the best right now. No, and the industry's been on, on a negative for a while now, it seems like, but... So it goes back to the direct-to-consumer thing. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm you know, looking at a bike... And I'm seeing YT, it's a nice bike. Or you look at Commonsall, does direct-to-consumer. Canyon. Canyon, now that you look at them, now that they're available in the U.S., it's like, man. It, it, Mondrager's uh, more of a like a boutique, right? Because their they're stuff's kind of expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. Looking, nice. Good-looking bikes. Nice-looking bikes. So th- this is where... D- <laughs> I'm not a rich guy, so I'm not gonna. I, I I have to look at the money first, and then the bike second. So I have to have a budget. And I have to have a cap first. Um, where I think a lot of people are like that, but you have those people who are like, I want the Santa Cruz. I don't care what it costs. It's mm-hmm. cool. Reserves uh, wheels. They have excellent warranty. Obviously, it's it's lifetime warranty. Lifetime. Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> it's great, but the upfront cost, whatever. The frame, all Santa Cruz frames, they have lifetime bearing warranty. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like they stand behind their product. If I had the money, I'd buy one. I don't have the money. So right. when it comes to a person like me, I mean, I'm talking about, it, I mean, Alchemy, you know, helped us out a little bit this year as far as riding a bike for the year. But um, if I was a consumer in the market right now, as a 25-year-old guy going to school, I have no reason to look at Santa Cruz. Awesome bikes? Mm-hmm. Just can't afford it. Yeah. You know? But oh. that's that's my own problem, you know? I mean, well, you could do what you want. If, they're, if they're successful, if they're making money... More power to you. Yeah. You know, I don't mean anything to them. Then I, I think Giant Giant is a, is a good alternative because they're, it's a, it's a lower price point. Yeah, you know, and and now they're they're kind of going towards, uh, I guess, consumer direct, but they still get the bike shop involved because you have to go, you pick your bike shop, and then it gets shipped to your bike to that your bike shop, and they build it for you. Okay, I didn't know this. Okay, yeah. So th- at least they're 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 getting the shop involved. You know, any shop involved that sells Giant. So does the the customer order a bike and then? I mean, what does it do? So, like, you, you, you order the bike, and then they send you the bike? Or how do they yeah, know? Yeah, so instead of, like, going to the bike shop, you, you know. You, you don't, you, like, t- like so Tawny, he's not just ordering, here, give me 20 trances. Like, he right. basically. No. no. Okay. A customer, you know, it can be a new customer, you know, in the area that wants to buy a giant bike. Let's say the new Trans 29er that's coming out, right? Yeah. <laughs> new Trans 29er is coming out. Anyways, so let's say go online, pick up, pick them out. Right, and and then they, they find whatever bike, whatever dealership or dealer in the area sells Giant, and it gets shipped to them, and then you know they get they get some kind of commission plus, um, you know they get to build a bike, and then they you know they add another customer to their to their network. Isn't that essentially what Intense was doing though? Like you're questioning about that earlier. Yeah, you in, know what? Intense is doing basically the same I, kind of thing. You know, uh, from from what I heard, it's not the same. No, uh, Giant is doing a little bit better job of. of how keeping the bike shop yeah, there. keeping the bikes up involved. Yeah, 
Yeah, because from what I understand, like uh, intent was like not I don't say stealing customers, but it was you know kind of borderline, like kind of sketchy. Well, there's no reason to go through the bike shop at that point. Right. So if 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 you're so I guess okay that makes sense. So, like, so like but a, but now how many bike shops are going to be carrying intents now because of this? Not many. I I don't I don't think that the the path has intents anymore. I think you know they've kind of done away with those guys. Yeah, their inventory is not nearly what it used to be. Right. I think um, so. This might be a this is a total guess on this whole situation. But you have Giant. Nothing against Giant bikes. It's a it's a big brand, so you, you can calculate it as one of the, one of the big four. Um, Specialized Trek, Giant, and uh, well, it used to be GT Cannondale, but I guess they're a bit smaller. But you look at those brands; they they usually cater to a, a lower price point, so you have more people getting into it. So, mm-hmm. like an intense company, if you're buying an intense, you're not buying it as your first bike. You know what you're getting. Usually, those guys know how to build a bike. I would I would think, or maybe like I'll send it to my house, and then I'll have like some buddies come over. We'll drink some beers and build a bike, or maybe a giant uh, consumer will be like, you know, this is. Now I can get it through a bike shop, and it's a little bit cheaper. I can have it through the bike shop and, mm-hmm. and built there. So maybe that works better for Giant. Yeah, well, and Intense is more like a boutique brand, I guess. It is. Right? Well, in the past like couple of years now, they've blown up. Um, once they were bought out, like the, 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 the business uh, aspect of it, when they when they came in and basically made them worldwide more so than they were before, they're, they're definitely uh, bigger than they were just three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So... So obviously, Rider Direct was was what they wanted to do, and if it's working, it's working, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between that, but you know, hey, more power to you guys for doing it. You know, that's what that's what people want now. What people want is, you know, the the, the thing with that though, uh, the, I think I see the drawback is um, waiting for the for the for the for the product to get to you. It's kind of like Amazon; you have to wait a couple, you know, like you got to wait, a, you know, a week or so, you know, mm-hmm. to get to to the shop or to you, yep. right? And if there's any warranty problems. Now you deal with it, not the shop, right? Because now, like Canyon, uh, YT, you know, Intense, you know, now it's you dealing with the warranty department, not the bike shop. And, you know, there's guys at the bike shop that have a relationship with the guys in the warranty department where you can, like, go in there and, you know, get them a good, you know, good quality beer, you know, 12-pack or something. You know, a deal. Yeah, yeah. And and they're going to, they're going to kind of, root for you and, and, and yeah. make, make this happen. And now you don't have that connection. You don't have that link there to, to help you get get your bike back to running. So maybe a defensive move on Intensive's part then is that that's why we made it a rider direct and you can decide if you want to get through the bike shop. That way you can keep your loyalty that to that shop and then they'll understand that you wanted that. You still want the bike, but you get through the bike shop. Right. Maybe that works. Yeah, yeah, um, hopefully. But I, I've heard I've heard some things with, uh, with other, with like Consumer Direct where it takes a long time to get your stuff like fixed or yeah. warranted or whatever because, you know, you're dealing with it. You got to ship it out and, you know, take all the pictures and all the documentation where the, the shop would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of people take take that for granted, I feel. Yeah, and like you have like a like a brand like Canyon. They, they had a pretty rusty uh, past as far as their uh, customer support goes, as, as far as warranty goes, but they, they've been better in, in recent years. But um, yeah, that's that's a big deal. I mean, especially a company that was once a bike shop brand that goes to Rider Direct or Consumer Direct. That's you gotta up your HR department or yeah. uh, HR your uh, uh, customer, customer service. support. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about the Sysmontane? Back that thing up. Back that thing up. It's good. It's uh like eight percent for eight percent. It's and easy it's to uh, drink, right? <laughs> well, it's you a know, little you know, too easy to. You drink. know what it is? It's it's a uh, uh, it's only like eight percent IBUs. 
versus like the um, uh, the hop dumpster. The hop dumpster is one hundred percent IBUs. Did you know? That I, I was talking to the to the to George. He's like the the manager at Spontane right there in Santa Ana, and uh, he was telling me like people could only taste up to one hundred percent of the IBUs. Once once you get past that, like you can't taste it. Like your 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 palate your palate won't taste the, oh, above a hundred. So I mean, I like beer, but I'm not all that much into the. Uh, Lingo. So IBUs, like the higher the IBU, the more bitter, the stronger. Yeah, the, it the, the, the bittering units, yes. So, so what is IBU? Like, what does it stand for? Do you know? Uh, inter- uh, international bittering units. <laughs> is that really what it is? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is way too easy for 8%. It's tasty, though. Back, I'll, that, back mm. that thing up, dude. It's just mm. Montaigne in Santa Ana, hey, dude. Don't tell me to do that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> back that thing up, baby. You got to play that. What's, <laughs> what's that song from way back in the day? Oh, man. Was it Cisco? No, that was a, that was a. That was oh man, else. what rapper is that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that rapper was a one hit wonder because you don't remember it. No, it's not. Either way, <laughs> no, it's good, dude. Yeah, but, well, I'm an IPA th- guy. Yeah, well, they're gonna they're gonna be at Lusion Brews September 29th, Saturday at Cook's Corner. Nice. We're gonna have Sis Montaigne. Uh, we're gonna have Stone. So hopefully by then they're gonna have the uh, Enjoy Buy. Uh, they're like seasonal beer. So tell me all about this Lusion Brews thing. Okay. Like an honest, I mean, you're, you're doing, you're plugging a little bit. I have to. It's he's my put, show, man. He's I, put, putting dude, that plug in. I, I plug. <laughs> but I, uh, plug. I honestly don't know much about it. I, I've seen you liking my, uh, my my things on Instagram with all your different uh, pages and everything. I see Lusion Brews. I'm like, all right. Yeah. What's, what's this all about, dude? Okay. So okay. So basically, Lusion Brews is a way to just hang out with friends, drink beer. And and have the ability to to ride different bikes that otherwise you would have to pay for, or you would have to wait for like a sea otter or like a bigger event, like you know, where you have a big a you know a big selection of brands. So are you bringing in all the the like I guess not factory, but are you bringing in the uh, like the brands demo trucks? Or are you trying to no, online no, all the demo trucks? Or no, are this, you getting this is, bike shops. This to is, bring yeah, this is through bike shops. Yeah, so um, so. To get demo demo trucks out here, it's gotta be it's gotta be in their program. It's gotta be scheduled in there like a year 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 in advance or That'd six be, that, months. That would be a crazy schedule. That's why I'm yeah. asking. Okay. Yeah. So so path pa- the path bike shop is bringing about fifteen bikes. Nice. Um, Rock and Road's gonna bring a bunch of bikes. Okay. Uh, uh, Psychological is bringing a, like they don't have a big a big uh, fleet, but like like Some six Yetis like, and like, stuff. Yeah, six bikes. You know, cool. you know they, they have. To, I know they have the Yeti uh, SP one hundred, the five five. That'll be a hot. To um, they, they also sure. sell Norcos and Giant, uh, not Giant, uh, Santa Cruz and Pivot, and then um, I have Foes bicycles. Nice. So yeah, they yeah, have. You've been tight with them, nice. dude. The uh, you know I want to ride that their new uh, Ridge Ridge uh, Ridgeback twenty nine er. Is it like a one forty one thirty travel? Yeah, or? yeah, it's really nice. nice. You know, it's made in the USA, and then uh, Eminent Cycles down in San Diego. What is it? Eminent. Oh yeah, Eminent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are they're, they're rad. I raced with them a few times at Southridge. Yeah. Nice guys. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and um, trying they're to work on. They're, bring, they're bringing a demo fleet. Eminent bikes. They're they're gonna bring their their usual fleet that they bring in. I'd be curious. I actually might um, I want to try that bike. That's pretty cool. And and, and you know, it's the cool thing is like it's it's free, right? So mm-hmm. you can you know it's from nine to three, um, September 29th, and uh, we're gonna have a ride. So Saturday morning, get there early. The bikes, the bike shops are gonna be set up, ready to go, um, and we're gonna do one. We're gonna do three rides, right? Uh, an easy ride. So if people are like kind of don't want to do a big ride, um, you can you can do whiting, right? You can do it from Cooks. You ride up the, that the road, and then you hang that hang that left. So we're gonna have somebody kind of like 
not leading the ride, but be a part of the ride, you know, in case they get they get lost. Yeah. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a widening loop. Okay. We're gonna do the standard luge, and then John Curley wants to do wide a widening luge old camp. So that's like a three plus hour ride it's right there. It's, a, it's 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 gonna be a legit ride. It's just under twenty miles. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Um, and and then everybody comes back. It's gonna be it's gonna be at Cook's Corner, not the parking lot, but it's gonna be at their property, right? Their actual property. Interesting. So like actually front row, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're nice. gonna we're gonna take over their their. Uh, their stage area. They're gonna have a, you know, on Saturday they do like live bands, nice. And then they're gonna have a taco cart there available. And Dude, that's gonna be nice. <laughs> and then, nice. That sounds fun. Yeah. And then, like I said, so we have Stone, and then uh, there's a, a brewery called Lord Hobo from back east, and um, I picked up uh, one of their hazy beers because I'm kind of into the hazies right now. Nice. And then I have a uh, Town Park. Okay. And obviously it's just Montaigne. I'm I'm, try- I'm I'm working on Left Coast right now to see if they want to be a part yeah. of the event. And then we're gonna we're gonna have a. Uh, um, Raffle prizes, so I'm 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 guessing it's gonna be about, um, maybe like three thousand dollars worth of raffle prizes we're nice. gonna have, and you know one dollar raffle ticket. So you know the whole reason to, for this is that's to nice. kind of just. I like to talk to people. I like to hang out with people. You know what I mean? It's all about community, and and to promote Ensenada Bike Fest next year, which is Memorial Weekend, May twenty fourth through twenty sixth in Ensenada. Yeah. So you know, um, it's just kind of getting my. Gonna get my my feet wet into you know events, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know yeah. making sure that it's run properly. And and um, Uncle B's gonna be helping me out with that too. So I saw that. Yeah. Uncle so he, B. he's he's got like ten years in, in retail. So you know he's he knows what 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 trends. Doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good idea, man. I mean, you have like Revolution Bike Fest. Uh, the guy that runs over the hump is doing that kind of thing. So it sounds similar to that, like on a smaller scale, or like I guess on a on a different scale in a way. The same canyon. It's kind of a funny thing. Yeah. But, um, uh, well, this, this is not going to cost people money to, to, to come do it. You know what I mean? It's like you want to, you know, you want to win like, you know, a couple, you know, $20, $30, you know, gift cards or something for a dollar. I mean, that's I, that's a that's a that's a no brainer, dude. This is a crazy opportunity, to be honest. I mean, that, that's actually pretty awesome. When I, I mean, I, I first time hearing it, but I mean, that's that's pretty cool, man. I mean, like, being able to try different bikes you want to try, even if you don't want to, like, buy a, buy the bike, go try it, whatever. People are there to ride, and you can meet people to ride. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's a pretty cool spot. Cook's Corner is a cool spot. I'm, I'm curious to see what the motorcycle guys are like, though, on Saturday when they see all these mountain bikers. <laughs> <laughs> there, might, there might be some fist fighting going on, but, uh, uh, yeah, Rhonda, I've been dealing with Rhonda. I think she, she might be one of the owners or, like, one of the keeper people there. But Of Cook's? Yeah, but she's nice. really cool, and she's been helping me out and, and kind of, like, Tell me what to do, what not to do. So see, that's awesome. Like in, in, in cahoots with the, with the cooks guys. I mean, I know that we had an issue with that parking lot for a while, where they were kind of iffy about mountain bikers. But mm-hmm. I think uh, in, improving that that relationship with them is a cool deal. Yeah, and I think that that's 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 pretty awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. You know, nice man. Yeah, uh, stone guys are cool. I mean, from my my experience, I, mean, I don't have much experience, but my uh, my girlfriend has experience with them as far as uh, running events for Cystic uh, Fibrosis Foundation. But they're they're cool people. Mm-hmm. They're they're pretty cool. With the they, they got they got a good beer selection, and yeah. so uh, a lot of people are into to, to just regular IPA. So we're gonna have, you know, at least three good IPAs, four good IPAs, nice. plus some hazies and. Um, Left Coast is uh, in, in town now too, though. You see, um, yeah. Left Coast has a spot over off of uh, Sand Canyon in Irvine. Yeah. yeah. So new, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving right down the street. I'm like, oh, really? I'm, I'm walking distance from that now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that'd be cool. I've right. been I've been working nice, down in San Clemente for the, like the last week and a half, and it's nice um, down there. I've been, I've been going. You know, I don't go all regular, but um, 
they had their couple of can releases for like some hazy IPAs. So a hazy IPA is basically. I was going to say, like define hazy. Yeah. Hazy. So I've had them before. I, I Again, I'm not good with the link. I, I just like drinking them. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, it basically, it's uh, uh, it's it's an IPA, but it's a lot. It has like fruit in it, floral. Well, they're, right? they're usually cloudy looking, right? Cl- that's yeah, why they're, yeah. That's why they're called right hazy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, their their IBUs are lower, so it's not as bitter. You know what I mean? But but you can get some doubles that are like at eight or nine percent. You're like, all right, there's no, you know what I mean? And, and it sneaks up on you, dude. A couple drinks, and I'm like, all right, let's let's, <laughs> like, let's cruise we're good. home. <laughs> we are good to go, man. <laughs> Better get the Uber over here, stat. Yeah, you know, it's just with this kind of weather, I prefer like a hazy because it's like easy drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of hazy out there. Like I know the Tis Montaigne had the uh, this was called the new stuff, and it was like a, a IPA with like seventy IBUs, and that was like my favorite you know beer there, because it was like I'm not a big copy guy. You know, like where it's like super hoppy. And I, I don't I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle B is, you know, he he loves that stuff. He just wants to get punched in the face with the hops. You we know get, I mean? we get along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, when when they came out with that, and you know now they're 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 brewing some new stuff. So we'll we'll see when it comes out, but um, hopefully we'll we'll have some for the event. So you know it's just getting to know people, um, hanging out with people, riding with people. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to ride because I'm be at the event, but just getting people stoked. You know what I mean? And, and uh, um, you know, hopefully, yeah. you know doing other events in the future you know what i mean so i, I kind of i want to i want i'm leaning north more towards uh doing events you know yeah i noticed that i mean I, I i mean i don't know what you disclosed on here as far as like like the path situation with you but i know you're uh you're kind of doing your own thing now but um i, know, I feel like i'm interviewing you now but <laughs> <laughs> where, where do i put my hands <laughs> it's my, my hands um no, we're we're buddies. We can we can talk. We're not we're not interviewing whatever. But um, done you for a while, man. Yeah, do it. I mean, uh, don't my gauge is how old Danny was when I met him. Danny was what fifteen. Yeah. What is he? He just turned twenty, right? Yeah. Right, five years. Feels yeah. like it's been a lot longer. Yeah. So that's basically when you guys first started riding. That's funny. OGs, man. That's, yep. Yeah, the old days. Mm-hmm. A lot of things we can think about. That's funny. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, have, I have a good relationship with the path. Anyway, uh, yeah, either um, either way, what I was gonna say though is like, so like you you moving on with the path, um, you're obviously going towards events, but um, what's what's your end goal? Do you do you want to? What's your philosophy behind all of this? Are you trying to expand mountain biking? Are you trying to better the Mexican uh, uh, mountain biking scene? Are you trying to expose people to maybe? greater depths of mountain bike they go down to mexico and say hey we got like sick trails or all the above i mean is it just oh, th- that and then some dude you okay. forgot the tacos <laughs> dude tacos are a given bro come ta- on <laughs> ta- taco 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 uh yeah you know what um I tuesdays think, any day man i think um um racing is fun don't get me wrong i've done some racing oh, yeah. yeah um you know i've done endurance racing but i think just hanging out with with buddies riding bikes drinking beer and not really costing that much money, I think people are going to be leaning more towards that than yeah. like you know going to a beer fest where you you know you have to pay to get into a beer fest where you're limited on certain time frame to to drink beer. And uh, when when I'm when I'm in a Tensinala at the beginning of the year for the Ensenada beer fest, there was 140 breweries Damn. from and, and there was only two American breweries, which was uh, Stone and um, Belch and Beaver, right? One hundred and forty. Yeah, 
Yeah, 140 uh, breweries from all over Mexico. What kind? Of, okay, so all over Mexico. Yeah, okay. all over Mexico, right? And uh, Mexico. Yeah, Mexico, Mexico. So we're down literally from the the southern point of Mexico up from until all the way to Cabo from 140. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was amazing, dude. And that's that's, was, that's that's a bigger culture than South, uh, South SoCal, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. People and, want people want to think about that. Okay, okay. And uh, um, re- I mean, there's a lot of really good beers, dude. I mean, uh, we, sure. we 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 couldn't try all of them, but so here, here <laughs> I right? hope not. <laughs> Your odds of getting a good beer is one in 140. So <laughs> <laughs> right. So so um, you know, uh, I'm 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 having my partner down there, Chuvi Chuvi uh, David Franco. He he's the general manager for Abamala Beer uh, Brewery, and it's another. It's one of the bigger breweries down there. And uh, so he's he told me about it and and uh, we got some tickets right and uh, basically there you're you're buying a pint glass which is like fifty five pesos so like maybe four or five bucks something like that right okay. and you get like a full size pint right and, and you know I guess here you're it's unlimited tasting but they're like really small you know so Roxanne my girlfriend she did that thing for Beach and Brews for mm-hmm. cystic, uh, cystic fibrosis it was a uh, four ounce little tasters right yeah yeah it's but like you go nothing. Around. That's yeah. pretty cool. You get a pint though. Huh? But the but thing is, the that. lines are ridiculous, right? At, at these at these breweries. I mean, at these at these events down there, you were getting a, a full pour, right? Sixteen ounces or whatever it was, and uh, I think it's that sixteen ounces. That's a lot of beer. So 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 <laughs> there there wasn't a a line, you know. What I mean, when when you when it opened up, it, it was from like two o'clock to like midnight, right? So it was like nonstop. And here you're limited on your your like the time you can stop and start drinking. Like you got like four or five hours, whatever. Over there was like all day beer fest, you know what I mean? And there was food there. And what blew me away was everybody had a good time. There was no fights. And I didn't see not even one like security guard or police guard walking around, which is like, it was weird, right? It's interesting. And it was mellow, dude. You know, it was mellow. Everybody had a good time. Everybody was laughing and smiling and drinking and dancing because there was like three or four different like bands going on. Like there was like, like reggae. And there was like you know Norteña, like Mexican music, and then there was like some rock music. So it was like, it was it was awesome, dude. Like the vibe was was amazing. So you know, I mean, obviously, there, there's a lot of a lot of big beer fests here in, here here in uh, in SoCal. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what, I just want to mix. I want to mix beer and bikes. You know what I mean? And and uh, and you know, make make it more of a having a good time versus like. You know, I mean, obviously, you you want to make a little bit of money, but that's not my main goal. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I just want to I want to build community and, and expand my network. Well, you have to be able to you have to make your time worth it. I mean, right. make of the money thing. I wouldn't even bring that up, honestly. I mean, it's to to for anybody to assume that you're doing this for free would be foolish. I mean, you got to do it for this. You, you're putting a lot of work into it, obviously. So mm-hmm. you're making money doing it. This is this is all an Ensenada, though, right? You're saying the beer fest was in Ensenada? Yeah, oh. yeah, the, the Ensenada beer fest. Yeah, was Ensenada, but so, obviously, so, yeah, obviously, right? <laughs> okay, but yeah, so um, a lot of people are sketched out about Mexico, about like, you yeah. know, this and that. But understandable, I mean, uh, people have that kind of connotation right. about it. But yeah. there's there's crime everywhere. Okay. Yep. If if, if 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 Mexico was so unsafe, you wouldn't have tourists going down there. You wouldn't have cruise ships on a on a on a on a, on a, on a daily basis going down there, dude. They go to the resort cities, though. They're going to Ensenada, bro. Yeah. I mean, so I guess the big question for me would be um, as far as language goes. So you're in this beer fest kind of thing. What's what's the, uh, I mean, you have a bunch of English. You're, you're bringing English speakers down to uh, Ensenada. Or is it pretty 
you know, is, is, is you're, you're not, you're not, you're acquiesced? not, yes, yes, so you're not gonna have a problem, you know, okay. communicating with people, talking to people, because all, all these breweries that, that okay, so instant, so going to talking about it's another, uh, it's uh, another bike fest, September, I'm sorry, uh, May, May 24th through 26th, so <laughs> Memorial Weekend, right? <laughs> okay, so, um, we have 11 breweries. My goal is 11 breweries. Right now, we have eight breweries signed up. Um, so I want to do at least like at least 11 breweries and a, and a le- uh, and 11 wineries. Via the Guadalupe, it's uh, it has about 200 wineries in that region. So selecting 11 uh, wineries is not going to be a big deal. Okay, so That's basically, crazy. I, I want to make it uh, a destination, right? So we're going to have California Endurance Series is coming coming to Baja for the first time ever, right? So it's going to be a big deal for us. Uh, we're going to do cross-country racing. We're going to do dual slalom and pump track. So dual, dual slalom and pump track is going to be designed and built by Kevin Yellow. So I'm working with him on that. And uh, uh, so endur- the enduro scene for me is like, that's my focus is the enduro, right? Enduro okay. is in its, it's in its infancy stage in, in Mexico, in Baja. In central Mexico, yeah, it's been around. But in Baja, not really. So uh, we have the ability to, to, to build it. You know, and, and to shape it and mold it into something that's going to be awesome and to sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we're, we're, you know, guys can come all over the world and ride these trails and be like, you know what? The trails were awesome, but drinking beer, eating tacos and hanging out with friends was what made the trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think for a lot of people like that, besides the people that are the heavily sponsored you know, riders that are down there for the exposure most people are down there for the experience mm-hmm. so you make it for the experience I, th- I think obviously take into account the people that need to expose their sponsors and make their money whatever they got to do mm-hmm. but on the on the whole the, the general whole of, of your your demographic it's going to be people like hey we got this place horsepower ranch it's going to be sick it's, yeah it's not what you think it is, whatever your predisposition of, of what Mexico is, which politically you can, you know, that's that's a different subject. Besides that point, it's it seems like a pretty awesome place. Still haven't been there yet. But it seems like a pretty awesome place. You will. <laughs> right? You're going to have beer. You're going to have tacos. You're going to have nice people from what I've seen. I mean, yeah. Cam- I, camping, you know, and, and a lot of these enduro races are all about camping. We're going to have yeah. we're gonna have a camping area, you know, that's, that's going to be able to hold like 300 people. What's the weather like in May? Uh, it's gonna be good. It's warm. I'm, I, sure, I'm I, sure it's year, no, year round. It's not, warm. not, dude. Uh, I've been going down there even in July. July has been a little warm, but it's not where it's like unbearable, like 100 and some degrees. Because it's it's a uh, Baja has, has a Mediterranean uh, weather, right? So you have you have like a, a, a cool breeze through that little area. So um, it's not gonna be you know like unbearable. You what's, know, what's I, your, what, I've been down there in May and, and it and it's 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 perfect. Perfect weather to ride and race and hang out and camp. What's your elevation like? I know they have a, a really big mountain to deal with as far as endurance. Yeah. What's your what's what's your max? max well, what, I, I, what are you I, getting up to elevation wise? Like uh, three thousand, four thousand feet? Yeah, I think it's like twenty five hundred, maybe maybe three thousand feet. Okay, maybe you're, you're close to the to the to the shore. So I mean, it's, it's yeah to the beaches. So. Yeah, but the uh, so this mountain we're using it's private property, so it, it's actually the mountain is split by two different owners. So we have permission by the owners to, you know, to use the trails. Um, but my, you know, honestly, like my 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 future plans is to uh, to work with the government and and to build a, a bike park there with landowners okay. and, and be sustainable where everybody's, you know, happy with with the with with the uh, situation. You know what I mean? What we're trying to do there. 
mm-hmm. and and eventually bring EWS to to Mexico. That'd be cool. Yeah, I so, mean they're already at North Star. Uh, yeah, this year, so maybe you bring it down. Yeah, so that'd be cool. Chris and his wife Ball, they're they're the ones. So it's like it's funny because it's a it's a husband and wife team that run you know EWS, and mm. it's a husband and wife team that run uh, California Enduro Series. So uh, yeah, and exactly next year, you know EWS is coming to North Star. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a big deal for California and, and for Enduro racing. You know what I mean? Because it's for the most part, it's been like Colorado or you know. Yeah. America has a lot to offer. People have always looked at Amer- as, as, as like America being like the like France has these crazy steep stages. And like we, I mean, Colorado's got some crazy stuff for sure. But I think yeah, you expose the the different aspects. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, but it doesn't have to be like North super, America. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like super gnarly for people to, to enjoy it and to have, nah. have a challenge. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there's got to be it's got to be. Well, for an EWS, you got to have something to be. You got to bring something big for those for those guys. You look at that that last race they just had in uh, Latwi in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. It's a big day, dude. That's a big day. You got to be able to to deliver that kind of thing. But from like an e, like say you have like an EWS qualifier race like that, uh, you could you could do that pretty easily. I think down there. Yeah, I mean it it, it uh, it's gonna take a lot of a lot of resources to to make it happen. Sure, you but know, it's but first year, dude. We're, you're, you're yeah, doing it. yeah, you're yeah. We're, we're we're baby stepping it, dude. But yeah. uh, so what to what I'm, what I'm doing is uh, I mean I've been doing this since the beginning of the year is. Go down to once a month and invite people that have never been to Baja or mm-hmm. or or haven't ridden down there, and to get them stoked. So I'm, I'm pretty much like a tour guide and trying to sell them on on Baja, and and so far I've been real successful at that. You're, so the, ga- you're the gateway. You're the gateway drug to, <laughs> to Baja. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and, and and there's potential down there. You know, like uh, I have plans in the future to to do a gravel grinder race. Nice. And then uh, it's, a, it's a big community now too. People, yeah, are, gravel know, a riders, of, a yeah, lot, a lot of mountain bikers that don't want to road bike. They're doing that. Yeah, and and cool. also do uh, some bike packing stuff as, as well down there. Nice, because you cool. know, I mean, dude, Baja is like the wild, wild west, man. Like Sanjay, San, Sanjay Bug. did that one crazy one with uh, was it? Uh, well, he he rode his bike all the way to Cabo. Yeah, with a couple of their with big names too. Yeah, Dave Overly or something. I forgot the name. Oh, you t- that's, that's that's a different trip. So he he's he's ridden his like like. Hybrid bike or whatever, not road bike, but ridden on the road, Crazy right? On, on Easy ride with those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did that. Yeah, he he did a lot of the uh, the 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 motocross or mo- motorcycle trails. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So like window plus bikes. Yeah, like like yeah. the Simpson trails and you know window rock and stuff, a bunch of stuff down there. That's crazy, dude. And uh, <laughs> but you know, like you get these people that that love to do it. You know what I mean? And I think we have the potential down there as long as we work with the right people. Yeah. And and, and you know they have the same vision that we do. Yeah, you know what I mean, because tourism is huge. You know what I mean. And so if we can bring a different aspect of tourism, mountain biking, I mean, you know, that that'd be huge. Yeah. You know, and plus they have the endurance race, which is the epic, the epic race is uh, sponsored by Scott. And I, um, I saw a little teaser on, on on the Instagram where, you know, they were making a big announcement like something's coming, and, and they had a picture of Nino Scherter, you know, on 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 the Instagram. So I don't know if he's coming to Baja or not, which would be huge. You know, and and I these and some of these trails that, that they're, these guys are racing on, dude. Like I rode some of them with 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 Kelly Stillman uh, on e-bikes, dude. Like it's no joke, dude. Like you're like on a ridge, and then on one side it's like sheer drop, dude. So if you're like if you go out, dude, like if you're you're like good luck, man. <laughs> you know, and and you know that's another cool thing about about Baja is like Kelly Stillman. You know, he was like a rep, uh, you know, here in, in SoCal. Kona rep, yeah. Kona awesome rep, awesome guy. Awesome. You know, guy. He, he lives in Santa Barbara, so he commutes every weekend to Ensenada, and he's he's uh, he's introduced e-bikes to Baja. So his company is called uh, Baja Electric Bikes, and uh, he, he's, he's setting them up at certain wineries, and he's going to build a trail work, trail, work next, trail work network system 
Or so yeah, <laughs> learning my words here. So and, much wine from yeah. the from the vineyard. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, basically it'll connect like s- uh, certain wineries right together. Okay. And uh, um, they also do like zip lining and uh, some glamping and stuff like that. People so. don't know about any of this stuff. It's so funny. I, I'm I'm ignorant to it, but I have buddies like well, one of my good friends, Nathan. He's him and his wife are uh, big uh, wine drinkers, and they they find themselves to be pretty good at, at wine but they wouldn't know any of this kind of stuff they always go up to like napa or santa barbara and everything yeah. else and down, it, down there i mean it sounds it'll, awesome it'll that blow sounds, your mind that sounds like, really cool so, some of these like the the hotels and your rooms you stay in is like world class yeah and uh i've heard like some of them are like 800 bucks a night dude for some of these rooms Jesus. <laughs> yeah but you know it, it's like they're they're catering to tourism right so they're not catering to the locals because the money's coming from tourism. Yeah. But, you know, the wine region is it's amazing. The food, the craft food there, you know, like the, the freshness of the seafood and stuff like that. It's like. Well, the Mexican food down there is just called food, right? And you're just like, oh, let's get some food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> let's and, get some American food. And, some and, the, and, the ch- and the churros, dude, are like top notch, dude. That's Rombacher, dude. Damn. The churros are like no joke. Oh, and, you know, and if you want some American food, I have a buddy that it, uh, has a restaurant in, in Rosarito. It's called the Fat Cat. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's almost like a um, like original pancake house. Okay. And uh, dude, like when he opened it up, it was getting a good, good amount of foot traffic. But now it's like hot amazing. Spot. Yeah, it's a hot spot, dude. And you know, and, and you know, he he caters to the locals. Nice. He doesn't want tourism. He wants locals because it's going to be consistent. Consistent, yeah. Income yeah, for and, sure. and he's yeah, yeah. He, you know like on the weekends he's about like eight hundred people that come through the door. Damn. Between Saturday and Sunday, so That's you cool. know he's killing it, and he's an American guy. He's a, a white guy that, American. yeah, that uh, <laughs> you know, he had a company here, sold it, went to Mexico, and, and uh, was living in Puerto Vallarta for a while, and then came, That's to, awesome. came to Baja, and now him and his wife, uh, she's Mexican, um, they they opened up this restaurant, and I was like, now he's gonna start uh, doing a um, franchising. Yeah. So now he's gonna start franchising that name out, and and nice. uh, you know, growing growing his company. That's crazy. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, it's funny we're going on a huge tangent of all your events. Well, the, <laughs> this is no longer the, about me. It's about you. But I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't give a shit, dude. I mean, we're just we're just chilling. But uh, I, it's so unfortunate that people have like a weird kind of uh, idea of what Mexico is. I mean, I've I've, I've gone fishing down there in, in Mexican waters. I've been down to Cabo a couple times. That's 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 the whitewashed areas of those of, of those places. And mm-hmm. people always think anything out there the gangs bro we're getting the we're getting the cartel on us and it's honestly it's it's they have their ugliness i mean everybody has their own ugly spots it's ensenada has been a pretty solid spot for baja racing um any anywhere down there, yeah I, I i hate the stigma i mean killing that stigma is gonna be the hardest part i think for most people and i think to get past that you're gonna realize like man this is only, especially for us in, in SoCal, a couple hours down south. Mm-hmm. Three, three, and a half, three and a half hours. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. It's a cool spot, man. It yeah. takes five hours to get to Mammoth. Mammoth is fun. But getting down to Mexico, it's something different, you know? Yep. I mean, I think for some people, I mean, my, my parents are wine drinkers. They're so going down there thinking, I mean, they, they wouldn't even think of vineyards being down there. Right. I think that's a cool spot. I think, I think just that convincing is going to be the hardest part. But uh, through this podcast, I think people will start to understand that, hey, man, this is... It's not what you think what it is, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make it as dangerous as you want to be. If you want to associate with that guy that comes up to you and tries to sell you crack. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yayo, yayo. Yayo. Yeah. 
but I, I, I it's it's cool, man. I I'm some lagging dude. My 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 passport, but uh, I got to get that all situated. Yeah. But so so let, let's let's get back to bikes, dude. What's up with this new XTR stuff, man? New XTR stuff. Well, that's a that's quite the segue you have there, you know, sir. I I, I just I'm <laughs> I'm blunt, dude. I just you know what? Let's just get to the point here. I'm glad you did that because we, we were advertising for you way too much, bro. I, I felt like I'm 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 whoring myself out for you right now. But um, here, drink some more beer. Dude, it's good beer. It's just Montaigne. I gotta whore out some more. Just kidding. It's just Montaigne's awesome. But uh, my broad view of XDR. So because um, you got you got to ride the new the new uh, twelve speed stuff, right? This is a huge segue. Yeah, yeah. So we're at uh, over the hump on Tuesday. Huge. You. This is huge. <laughs> Everybody likes my 12 speed. <laughs> so I was at Over the Hump on Tuesday, and, and Joe Lawwell, uh, the marketing guy there, at uh, U.S. marketing guy at, at, at Shimano, was there on Tuesday at Over the Hump, and he had his SB100 that he piloted to um, a finish at the BC Bike Race. Mm-hmm. Um, does very well there. And also Jeffka Bush um, being the winner of BC Bike Race on, on the new XB, uh, XTR 12 speed. I got to ride the SB100 that he had. Um, it just, just very basic, whatever. Just on on the hill that was right next to the the tent there, and you can kind of uh, test the feel of it, whatever. It's it's shifting. Shifting. How was it shifting on it? But um, there's a little tiny climb, whatever. You can kind of you can shift down, shift up. The the biggest selling point I think of this of this 12 speed right now. One, it's it's 10 by 51, I think. 10 by 51. So they had to make their own proprietary. Uh, uh, Hub, so Spline. that's people are uh, kind of against that because now you have a third um, hub standard, uh, hub body standard. But um, the downshifting was amazing, so that that was my biggest uh, interest was the downshifting. Downshifting, so pe- people kind of get mixed up. So downshifting meaning going to your biggest gear in the back. So getting from the ten to the fifty-one, they have a ramp system on their cassette uh, from ten to fifty-one makes it easiest to. Uh, to downshift from 10 to 51. So getting getting there, they have this ramp system that allows you to underload, just shift through. And I, I, I tried it. I would, I would kind of pedal a few pedal strokes and maybe your eight or nine gear at the bottom and you get try to get all the way back up to the top. You don't really have to let off like you would on a regular drivetrain. So I, I for my race on Tuesday, it was my second ride on my brand new XT 1x11, my M8000 uh, uh, 1x11 drivetrain. Awesome, feels great. I love the the feel of Shimano. Getting that twelve speed, just that ramp system they have on the new XTR, awesome. I love it. I mean, it was super smooth. Um, I can't wait till it gets down to the XT level. I mean, for myself, I, I feel like that would be realistic. But uh, it, it, the, the 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 twelve speed. Yeah, it'll be a while, huh? Eventually, I, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I know anything, but I mean, speculating. Obviously, they're going to move down, but that ramp system they have it, it is working excellent. And their their hub system that they're using is, uh, I mean, as far as uh, mechanically, I, it's not anything like Onyx, but it's the same kind of idea where it's a, it's a pretty silent hub, and it only activates until you start pedaling, um, which reduces drag just to a, an what? extreme extent. I mean, like as far percentage as wise. Twenty percent? No idea. I mean, you have a, like a like a, a high engagement hub, and you're hearing all those crazy clicks. A lot of people hate that that loud sound of like the the buzzing bees of. of Dude, the, you have some king. Onyx on, on your bike, right? Or I got I nines on my. On my oh, I nine. Yeah. yeah, I like to be noisy. You know, I, I like to be seen. You know, I like. <laughs> hey, you know, 
But uh, it's, almost like, it's almost like a Jake break for me. I love using my Jake break on my work truck. <laughs> <laughs> dude, down in Mexico, they got straight pipe with that, dude. Ooh, it's so hell loud. Yeah, hell yeah, like my van, dude. <laughs> no, that, that's that's my trail bell. But no, so basically, what Shimano, from a very broad perspective, don't quote me on this, but I feel like XTR they they've kind of made like a hub system that disengages the hub entirely, the 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 splines entirely until you get back on the power. They bring the splines back. And it basically makes a silent system until you start pedaling, and it's as far as like the drag coefficient, it's a lot less than what you get from a tra- uh, traditional Paul system. Mm. But um, looks good. Okay. I like it. Shimano's making some cool stuff. I mean, everybody says they're slow on stuff. I feel like they take their time and make some good stuff. So I'm kind of skeptical about the the creakiness of their cassette because it's still like multiple, you know, like a Lego system, right? So there's, there's a well. I mean, like we, you know. We've had issues in the past with XTR where, you know, it was like uh, the cage was like it was like titanium, and then like the shell was like carbon, and then like steel. Have you, you had, have you had issues, honestly? In the past, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, it, it, it would it would make noise. Makes sense. Okay. Because it's it's and it's not a one piece steel. It's like multiple pieces and multiple, you know, materials. So you know you get dirt and loads and you know you're cranking and you know and. Uh, <laughs> load. <laughs> Jesus you're, you're loading. You're loading it up, man. You yeah, know I, mean. <laughs> I, I didn't know they had issues. I, I didn't know Shimano had issues with that, as far as uh, as far as their uh, difference in materials. But I know SRAM had their issue, and then it, it became a just a difference in having grease on the threads. But yeah, but but the SRAM stuff is, is a single piece. It's like it's a one piece, right? Yeah, the the sh- the, the the whole cassette. Yeah, but they're having issues. Um, out of the factory, this is you know, this is no longer an issue. Don't 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 take anything from this. And any any cassette you buy now from SRAM, it's 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 mitigated um, for this issue. But when they first came out with Eagle, or not Eagle, um, uh, SRAM one by eleven when it first came out, they mm-hmm. they didn't have either an adequate amount of grease or whatever they, they were putting on their threads, and yeah. it was causing creasing, uh, mm-hmm. creaking. So X which is like so freaking annoying, dude. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm bad with when it comes to noises from my bike, but. Like, yes, because that's all you focus on, dude. Like, sh- what is that? Where is that coming from? And you're like, especially on like a hardtail too. It's like I don't have <laughs> suspension bolts, man. Like, what's what's making all this noise? And and then, and then with carbon, you know, it starts deflecting. So it's like you think it's here, but it's actually over there because of the the the, the traveling of the waves. You're like, oh man, where is it coming from, dude? Yeah. You gotta go home and tear tear the whole damn thing apart and like yep. we put it back together. And like, damn, this the creek's still there. Where in the hell is it coming from, dude? Yep. It's going I'm going crazy, man. Yeah, dude, it drive me nuts. <laughs> I, I've dealt with creeks in the past. I think every mountain biker's dealt with creeks in the past. Yeah. Yeah, man. Carbon fiber, man. That's that's a that's a big topic still. We can still talk about that if you yeah. want to. So um, we're gonna wrap it up for a little bit. Uh, so you're you're sold on the twelve speed stuff? Yeah, I mean, twelve speeds, whatever. I mean, I I, I, I like the feel of what they've done as far as the amount of speeds. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. I mean, yeah. if they want to do twelve speeds, if they want to do eleven speeds, if if twelve speeds makes the spread better, if they if they think it's smoother, cool. If uh, for me, I'm running 11 speed for both of my bikes. I don't see much of an issue, but as far as people that are doing, I mean, I'm doing steep trails, whatever. But from a from a if you're trying to just hang out on a Saturday ride and you have a 12 speed, like an Eagle system with a 28 tooth, 30 tooth in the front, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. But yeah. for me, I'm 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 a weird guy where I like to I like to suffer a little bit. Well, I'm I'm using Danny's bike right now, and it uh, has the, the high tower uh, LT, the LT with the 34 oval chain ring on it. Dang. 
that's that's a heavy gearing. Damn that's that a, kid, dude. <laughs> Damn it, daddy. That guy's just sitting down, probably just getting fat now. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not riding his bike anymore. Yeah, no. Trying to sell that thing. Yeah. I told him I'd buy that bike from him too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's in the back of my van if you're interested. Um, that's funny. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm I'm kind of I, I I wanted a Yeti. Okay. But but uh, press fit bottom brackets, dude. What are your thoughts on that, man? I heard a lot of bad things about it, and what do you think, dude? I, I put a lot of throat down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are you, um? I thought I thought you said you were already getting uh, setting up a Yeti. Yeah, you, you kind of whatever. I I mean, everybody's got their own things. <laughs> so the I, I've always wanted a Yeti. So, but you know, now that you know, I didn't realize there was a compressor bottom bracket. What I mean, what are the pros and cons of that? Yeah. So, from an engineering standpoint, press fit bottom bracket gives engineers more clearance um, for chain stays, uh, uh, clearance, chain stays, depending on your length. If you want to get it shorter, um, chain guide, chain ring width, like as far as your chain line goes, you can bring in the chain, the, the, the bottom bracket a little bit. I. I don't have an issue with press fit. So you go back to we're gonna you know, kind of clap back to our uh, the beginning of our, our conversation as far as quality goes. If mm-hmm. you're if if your frame Yeti, I have no um, no issues with. I mean, I feel like Yeti is making a quality frame. If you have a, a brand that's making a quality frame, tolerances are tight. Press fit's awesome, except for when you do was it BB ninety two? I think's what it is. This is, I think this is a, I think they, they do BB90. It's 92. Is it 92? Yeah. Okay. I hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm for sure. I, Come I, on. I, this, is, this, is, this is Tech Talk with Jordan Steyer, man. Come yeah, on. Come yeah. on. <laughs> See, I gave, you, I gave you that thing at the beginning of the, of the talk, man. I'm just... Uh, Disclaimer. I'm just, just kind of... I'm, I'm bullshitting, bro. <laughs> no. Uh, so... What it comes down to, so like with the whole thing with SRAM doing the dub uh, system, you, you know SRAM dub. Yeah. Um, they're doing twenty eight point nine nine. I have no idea how they're holding point zero one millimeter tolerances. Awesome to figure it out if they can uh, prove that they're doing that for every uh, bottom bracket. Cool. Since I'm a machinist, I know to me that's a crazy tolerance. But um, especially for something that's affordable. But. Uh, to me, that you're adding another millimeter. If you look at a true, I think it's BB92. You look at a, a true BB92 bottom bracket. You look at the the size of the ball bearings. They're tiny. So like my common saw has a BB92 bottom bracket on it. You're looking at like just such a small surface area ball bearings that are holding your bottom bracket. It's 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 a it's a crazy spot for like you have a bunch of rotation obviously from pedaling. Mm-hmm. I think if you have like a GXP or if you have the new dub system, people are having good luck. Or especially if you're having Shimano with a 24 millimeter bottom bracket with this with this 30 mil uh, uh, bearing, you have a lot more overlap when it comes to that. So Pressfit to me, the only issues you come along with Pressfit is if you have a, a poorly made frame that has loose tolerances, where you have the cups that are moving, they're creaking. Mm-hmm. So with Yeti, I wouldn't really worry about it too much. And people, I mean, yeah, it is it is a BB ninety two. You're you're correct. Okay. So with Yeti, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, it, it's everybody's had issues. You can buy a Yeti, you might have issues. I mean, don't don't quote me on that. But if you have, you're you're, I don't know. It's the same thing with like threaded versus threadless uh, headsets. It's so funny because they're doing press fit headsets, but. Uh, People have issues. I've had maybe four bikes now with the 
with press fit bottom brackets, and I've had one issue was with the 2011 Specialized Hardtail. Since then, I've been been pretty clean. So mm. my hardtail I have now has been good. Okay. So yeah. I wouldn't worry. I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's selling. I mean, some people like the threaded bottom bracket from a from a user standpoint. Super yeah. easy to, to service. You have a, a wrench. You unscrew it. Whatever. Versus mm-hmm. having a whole uh, pressing system and then having like a way of pushing them out, which is once you push them out, it's basically trash. There's no reason to push them back in. Right. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that a, okay. an issue. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I want a bike like uh, maybe like a top boy. But with the 130 fork up front, because uh, either that or like the um, tall boy or SB100 with a 34 step cast fork. That thing's nice, but I don't, I don't think it's enough travel for me. I think I was I was looking at the Same Yeti difference. I was looking at the Yeti 4.5. It's a little bit more than the the, the tall boy then. Yeah, and or or the Pivot uh, 429 trail, which is like 134. So it's you know and, and I've ridden I've ridden those pivots and they took a solid bike. Nice. I have no experience with the new stuff, but they look mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Nice. So check it out, dude. We got next week, Jerry Rocha. Rocha. Coming to the studio, talking story, and uh, hopefully Jordan can join us. If anybody knows uh, the church of what's happening now by Joey Diaz, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge comedy fan. I'm, I'm all about podcasts. I listen to podcasts literally every single day at work. Joey Diaz, man, he's he knows Jerry uh, Rocha. Rocha, that's a that's a good good source, man. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna play a little bit of uh, uh with the uh, with the uh, uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel Iglesias is is his right hand man, man. He's helping him out. That's cool. So enjoy this, and then uh, next week, uh, Jerry Rocha and the show, man. Here it's one on one radio. Can't wait to meet him. Be on the bike. All right, guys. Thanks. He's been to my house. He's taking a dump in my toilet. So yeah, I consider him a good homie. His name is Jerry Rocha, and he's funny, and you're about to see why I had him on the show. And don't forget, you guys, you're going to see a lot more of this guy. Here he is, Jerry Rocha. Later. I am originally from Dallas, Texas. I live in Los Angeles now. Uh, Moved here on a Greyhound. That's how I got to L.A. Dallas to Los Angeles on a Greyhound. If you've never been on a Greyhound, it is basically a bad neighborhood that moves. Like, that's what it is. Nobody should ever get mugged going 75 miles an hour down a highway. It happened to me. I got mugged, pink eye, and diarrhea. Like, (laughs) trip. Every time I'm on the Greyhound 2, I don't know why, but they always think it's a great idea to seat me next to the angriest, scariest black dude, like, ever, right? And right when the bus gets rolling, he just looks at me like, hey, man. Say, player. (laughs) That's what black dudes say, so non-black people aren't afraid of him. I figured that out. Most white guys, but black guys like, hey, man. They're like, oh, God, what does he want? Here we go. (laughs) Say, player. Oh, I'm in. Like, that's it. It's all. I'm about to learn a new handshake. Whatever. And he looked at me like, say, little white boy. And I'm Mexican, but I'm way too scared to correct him. I don't want to be like, oh, funny you say that, big fella. But I'm actually Latino. I'm like, fine, I'll be a white dude. He goes, let me buy your cell phone right quick, man. <laughs> I'm like, ah, there goes the iPhone, right? <laughs> Saved all winter for this thing. Now I got to wait two years for an upgrade and shit. Like, that's not good. I give him my phone for 15 minutes. This was a conversation he had. All right. All right, okay then, all right, all right, all right, okay then. I'ma holler back at you, <laughs> like really? 
What conversation just happened? All I could imagine on the other end of the phone, some guy was like, hey, Dontrell. That's a good black name, right? Dontrell, thank you. I did my homework, I researched it. He go to winning lottery numbers for the past two weeks. Man, what else could it have been? The weekend and the third, 12, all right. 22, all right. 33, all right. Powerball nine, okay then. What else, guys? I don't know. I don't know. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, the man, Mr. Jerry Rocha, funny dude, and uh, very soon you're gonna be seeing his one-hour special.